Good morning and welcome to Church Online. I'm Andrew. And I'm Claire. And this is baby AJ. Hopefully you'll be able to meet him soon when all this is past us. Um, it's just great to see you this morning, whether you're watching us in bed, in your living room or even in the car. It's just great to have you with us this morning. We'd also like to welcome you if this is your first time experiencing Church Online. Hopefully when all this is over, we can have you in our church building and really give you the warm welcome that you deserve. We'd just like to open up in a wee word of prayer if we bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can join you together through Jesus Christ, our precious Saviour. For even when things are so different, we can worship you in spirit and truth. And seek from you your richest blessing upon our fellowship, family, friends, community and nation. We want to know your peace and your hope, Lord. Bless our pastor now as he opens up your word. May it become a living word in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's good to see you. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands and worship as we lift your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands and worship as we lift your holy name. For you are great. In the miracles so great, there is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. For you are great. In the miracles so great, there is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands and worship as we lift your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands and worship as we lift your holy name. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. You are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. For you are great, you do miracles so great, there is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. For you are great, you do miracles so great, there is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. missing you all so much. We miss you all so much. And we hope you're all doing well, self-isolating. It's a bit of a strange time at the minute for everybody, but we're all doing really well. And we're Everybody, I'm just sharing my home because I don't want to get close.
but we're going to say a wee prayer. Zara's going to lead us in, in prayer this morning with a wee prayer that she does every night. Ready? Go. What did you say? Say angel of. Angel of God. My. Guardian here. To. And God's love me. Commits. Me here. Ever. Stay. Be. At my side. To. Light. To guard. To guard. To. Well. And. Guide. And guide. Amen. 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 So we just pray to God that he keeps us all safe and he protects us all and he just brings healing to our land. Healing just put your arms around us, Lord God, and protect us. There's so many people going through so many different things right now. But I'm so thankful that he knows each individual circumstance. So just continue to protect us and just bring us out of this stronger than we've ever been before. And we look forward to, to lifting the rip off in our church the first Sunday that we're all back together. You want to say goodbye to everybody? Goodbye. See you all soon. Take care. Take care. Bye. Don't go white. Don't go white. Good morning. And wasn't it good to see Christina and Zara in their back garden? And I hope you're really paying attention to Zara's advice and you're all staying at home and you're keeping safe. Isn't it good also to know that Zara is being raised in a Christian home and she's being taught at a very young age the importance of prayer. Like many of us, when we were children, she sang a little prayer before she goes to sleep at night. And many of us will remember the prayer that we were taught to by our parents. And those things stay with us right through our adult lives. Another prayer that we learned as children, we said it in school, we said it in Sunday school. If you were in a uniformed organization, you would have said it there as well. It's what we call the Lord's Prayer. And thanks to the folks in the second video for praying that prayer for us this morning. And thank you to Gareth for putting it all together for us. Today, we begin an eight-week series on the Lord's Prayer. The theme for each message preached on Sunday will be discussed in our Connect groups online every Wednesday evening. Now, we do want as many people to be part of that as we possibly can. And if you want to be part of it, we would like you to go to the Facebook page Sign up and each week you will be directed to a video from the prayer course and you will be able to be prepared to participate in the discussion groups. Questions will also be sent and we're hoping that we're going to have some very fruitful discussions as we go through this course. But the message of today or the theme for today's message is why pray. Well, let's just do that now then. Heavenly Father, as we come to your word today, we thank you that we have this free and ready access to the throne of grace. We want to praise you that we have entered into a personal relationship with you through your Son, Jesus Christ. And we pray that as we enter into this new series, 
that you would open up our minds and open up our hearts to what true prayer really is. And we pray, Lord God, that you would help us to grow in our relationship with you and that you would strengthen us in these days in which we are living. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So why pray? Well, I'm going to answer that question from my own experience first of all. In my experience, there are individuals who use prayer as a 999 call for help. Prayer is only used in an emergency. And here's what I've learned. When our lives are out of control, the majority of us need someone who is bigger than ourselves, someone who is greater than ourselves, that we can turn to for help. Thus, people call out to God in times of trouble. One morning, I got a telephone call to go to Children's Hospital in Glasgow to be with the parents of a two-year-old who had fallen into an open fire in the home. I got to the hospital and went to the ward where the child was and the nurse told me that the child was in surgery. I asked where the parents were and she told me that the parents were in the most earnest prayer meeting that there was in Scotland. And she took me down to the hospital chapel and when we opened up the doors of the chapel there were a number of families parents, grandparents, huddled around each other, and each of them was praying, holding on to each other and crying out to God for a real miracle to take place in the lives of their, their children. In my ministry and in my training for the ministry, I spent the summer with the Reverend Len McNeil, who was pastor of the Ashton Underline Church of the Nazarene. He was also the free church chaplain of the local hospital. And every Monday afternoon, he and I would go along to the hospital and he would check the list, first of all, to see if there was anyone in the wards that belonged to any of the free churches. And he would go and visit with them and then he was very polite. He would ask if he could read scripture if he could pray with the individual because he didn't want to embarrass anyone in a hospital ward. We would then go to the ICU and there in the emergency unit, he would say to me, Philip, we pray with everybody in here because no one refuses prayer when they're in intensive care. Some people think of prayer as a 9-9 call to God for help. You'll find that prayer in Jonah chapter 2 and verse 4. When Jonah's in the belly of the fish, the Living Bible translates it like this. When I had lost all hope, I turned my thoughts once more to the Lord. He had forgotten about God. He had turned away from God. But when he found himself in real trouble, he found his mind returning to the Lord. And here's what he says. And my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. 
He's almost saying to us, I got myself into a position that I couldn't get out of. And I turned to the one who I knew could help me get out. And he turned to God. Now I want to say this. There is a place for 999 prayers. That's why we set up our church prayer line. For prayer requests to be made for individuals who find themselves in circumstances that are way beyond their control. And an individual can send a text message which can be forwarded on to numerous people in the church. And right there, everybody understands that this is an important prayer request. And they stop and they take time to pray that 999 prayer to the Lord. In my experience also, I found that people use prayer like a bargaining chip. When someone prays a prayer like that, it usually includes the words if and then. The kind of prayer that I would have prayed whenever I was going into a school exam that I hadn't studied for. And I would say something like this, Lord, before I turn this page over, I'm praying that if the three questions that I've studied are on this page, then I'll go to church on Sunday morning. It's the kind of prayer that people pray when life does take an unexpected turn. Oh God, if you just get me out of this, I'll give my life to you. Oh God, if, if you get me this promotion in work, then I'll increase my giving to the church. Lord, you do your part and I'll do my part. Albert Muller has written a book on the Lord's Prayer. And in it he says, Prayer is not a bargaining chip with a reluctant genie. God is not some genie who grants us three requests if we fulfill some conditions. He says it's an opportunity to talk with our Creator and our Redeemer. You know, what we're finding in these strange days in which we're living is that people are seeking answers to life struggles. People are looking answers to the problems and challenges that they're now facing. Natural and man-made disasters are causing more and more stress in people's lives. And we are under intense pressure and people are looking to connect with someone who is greater than themselves. Muller's book on the Lord's Prayer is entitled The Prayer That Turned the World Upside Down. You will find the Lord's Prayer in the Sermon on the Mount, right in the middle. The Sermon on the Mount is in Matthew chapters 5, 6 and 7. And you'll find the Lord's Prayer in chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. You will also find a shortened version of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 11, 2 to 4. And there Jesus gives the words of the prayer to his disciples in response to their request. Lord, teach us to pray, even as John taught his disciples to pray. Leonard Ravenhill says, it always startles me 
that the disciples never said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to preach. They heard the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest man that ever lived, the Sermon on the Mount. And yet not one of them ever said, Lord, teach me to preach. They never said, Lord, teach us to do miracles. They did say, Lord, teach us to pray. And I tell you, if there's any prayer that needs to be prayed in the church of God today, as far as I'm concerned, it is, Lord, teach us to pray. And that's Leonard Ravenhill's thoughts on the Lord's Prayer. When Jesus introduces the prayer in Matthew 6, he's just giving, he has just given the Pharisees a real roasting. He said that they loved to stand on street corners. They loved to be seen going into synagogues, to be seen by people. And he said that their prayers were no more than a performance. In fact, in the book of Luke, he tells a parable about a Pharisee and a tax collector. Both of them went up to the temple to pray. The Pharisee stands and makes a whole show of his prayer and he says, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of my income to you. In his dealings with the Pharisees, Jesus said to them, your religion is all outward. He said to them, you're, you're very careful about keeping rules and looking clean on the outside, but on the inside, you're filthy. You're just following rules. You look as though you're righteous, but you're not. The tax collector, on the other hand, in the parable, he stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and he said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. And here's what Jesus said, which shocked people in his day. It was the tax collector rather than the Pharisee that went home justified before God. Now what Jesus wants us to understand about prayer is that prayer is relational. The Lord's Prayer starts with two words, Our Father. There needs to be a relationship that exists. The Lord's Prayer is a, a prayer that is prayed by those who are in a personal relationship with God. Now, when we are together on Sundays and we're in the church building and we're, we're um, in the service, we take up our tithes and offerings. And usually someone goes to the front of the church with the offering bags and prays for God's blessing to be upon the offering. It can be quite daunting for some people actually to, 
to stand in front of a whole group of people and pray publicly and a lot of people shy away from that kind of thing. But there's one man in the church and when he prays for the offering, he finishes his prayer like this. Lord, I want to thank you that you listen to a guilty, hell-deserving sinner like me. I love to see him walk to the front of the church with those offering bags because his prayer is simple and his prayer is real. It comes from his heart. In your discussions, if you're going to be part of a connect group this week, you're going to, do to discover that the prayer course discussions focus on these three little thoughts. Keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up. Keep praying, keep talking to your Father. Well, how do we do that? Well, this is how Eugene Peterson paraphrases Jesus introductory comments to the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6 verses 5 to 13. These come from the message. And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom, do you think that God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and as honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with. And he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. Now let me just pull out a couple of little phrases that Peterson translates there for us. Prayer is not a theatrical production. It's not a role play. He's saying to us, be simple. Be honest. And then he gives us this very straightforward warning. Don't fall for the one, two, three of getting what you want. The internet is full of those things. If you just do A, B, C, then God has got to do D. What Jesus is trying to say to us here is, that prayer is not getting what I want done here on earth. It is me finding out what God wants done on earth. It's his kingdom coming into earth. And if his kingdom comes to the earth, 
then things will improve for all of us. Peterson goes on to say, God is your father. He loves you. He knows all about you. And because he knows all about you, then you can pray simply. Keep it simple. Keep it real. And keep it up. On my pastoral visitation one day, I called in to visit an elderly lady. She welcomed me into the home and showed me into the living room. And in the living room, she had two armchairs, one on either side of the fireplace, and a little two-seater settee that sat facing the fireplace. I looked round to her and said to her, which seat is yours? And she said, oh, I sit on that one there. And as you can imagine, it was the seat that was looking out of the window so that she could see all of her neighbours going by and just find out what was happening in the world outside. I went over to the other seat and went to sit down and, and she screamed at me. She said, no, 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 not there, not there. She said, you sit there, that's the Lord's seat. And in her own simple way, she had a seat set aside for the Lord. And she said to me, the Lord sits there and we just talk. All the time. And we talk about everything together. Why pray? We need to pray to maintain our relationship with God. To build our relationship with God. And in my experience, I really only started to grow in my faith whenever I knelt in prayer and discovered who God really is and discovered just how much he loves me. Keep it simple. Keep it real. And keep it up. Let's just come before him now and let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. And Father, we pray that your hand would be upon us, that your grace, mercy and love would surround us this week. And Father, we pray that you would keep us close to your heart and help us lord where we are just to live triumphantly for you and now may the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with you now and always amen <laughs>